Matthew chapter 16. Anybody alive today? Praise God. Hasn't God been so good? He has kept us till today. Amen? He has preserved our lives. I don't know about you. I am grateful that God has preserved me. Has God preserved you today? Somebody say, I am grateful that God has preserved my life. Amen. He has preserved our lives. He has kept our soul among the living. Amen. And um, we are glad and we keep our hearts set on him. God is going to raise you up even more. Every time God preserves you, he preserves you for a reason. I continue to remind you that you were born for such a time as this. I really feel that in my heart. I, um, I know that God wants to do so much more in your life and in my life. So stay in that place of expectation. Amen. Amen, church. I like to hear you. I like to know that you're not falling asleep. Okay? Praise God. Matthew chapter 16. Check your neighbor. Are they falling asleep? I, 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 I hereby anoint you the anointer of holy water. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16. Precious Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Thank you, Lord, that you have anointed us to preach your word and to teach your word with simplicity, with understanding. I thank you that these, your precious people, are equally anointed with an anointing of understanding and courage not only to hear your word, but also to do your word. Because we realize that wisdom is the main thing. So this morning, we choose to get wisdom. And in everything that we get, we get understanding. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And those and the church said, Amen. I just feel to pray for Israel. I had this on my notes, but I didn't get around to this. Father, we pray for the nation of Israel right now. We say, Lord, may peace be within her walls. We say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. The same things we are praying for this nation, we pray over the leadership in that nation, that their hearts will be, will be turned towards you, that they will make decisions that favor your righteous cause, that you will protect that peculiar treasure of yours. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said? Amen. Matthew chapter 16. I, I've been speaking to us about revelation knowledge. Revelation is the uncovering of that which was hidden. Revelation knowledge is the knowledge you get when something has been uncovered. Revelation knowledge is making reference to the knowledge you get after something that was hidden has been revealed. You know, all of life is meant to be discovered. All of life is meant to be, life is, it, it, it is supposed to be the case that as you travel through the journey of life, life is uncovered to you. Your life is meant to be uncovered or discovered. The most fulfilled people on, the, uh, on earth are people who have discovered something about their life. The most fulfilled people on earth are people who have discovered something about their purpose. The most successful people in any industry are those who have uncovered something that has remained hidden from the masses in that industry. So, 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 so what happens is that they are now able to create, they are now able to have an equity that is based on the revelation, on the knowledge that they have received out of the revelation that they have. They're able to use that knowledge as equity for their business and equity for their lives. I believe this is the same, this is the will of God for your life. He wants to uncover things that will now become equity for life, for the, the whole of your life. Even the person on YouTube who is racking up views, the person who is doing the makeup tutorial and racking up 
all kinds of views and advertising revenue, they're doing so because they have a revelation of how to beat your face in a way that you have not yet realized. Amen? They have a revelation of how to make, do your makeup. Ask your neighbor, not beat your face. I don't mean, hallelujah. But anyway, they have a revelation that you don't have. Amen? I, I, was, I was looking at um, some, some statistics, and, and Michelle Obama is selling out books and selling out arenas, and she's doing amazing things with her books. And the only reason why that is is because that book contains knowledge that reveals a world, reveals to so many of us, a world that we don't know anything about. And, and, and now the revelation that she has, the knowledge that is now in that book that she has revealed is now, is, is, is the thing that every one of us is reaching out for or every, every one of us is wanting to find out because there is something about life that, that requires that, um, there is something about, uh, about uncovering things that are hidden um, uh, uh, and uh, the equity that we need, because the equity we need in life is the thing that you really need in life is revelation knowledge. Someone say, I really need revelation knowledge. Listen, the breakthrough that you are looking for is depending on what you are able to uncover and how you utilize that knowledge that you encounter via revelation. The breakthrough that you are after it w is depending on whether you can get a hold of revelation knowledge and what you are doing with the knowledge that you have gotten a hold of. I wonder if there is a best-selling book in your path, in your journey of life, that is yet to be uncovered. I wonder if there is a great business idea that is yet to be uncovered, that, that we just need to, to unveil for you. I wonder if you need a revelation. I wonder if the dilemma about how to buy that house is not really about you not having a deposit, but you not having a revelation on how to buy the house without money. Okay? I wonder if the situation in your relationship, the tension between you and your spouse, you and your friend, I wonder if it isn't really just about their attitude or your attitude or even what happened, but a revelation is required as to how to deal with what happened. Because life is full of all kinds of events. Life is full of all kinds of things, and life is not really about what happened. It is more about how you handle what happened. Could it be that what you are really after is, is wisdom, a revelation of how to handle this particular situation? Could it be that, that, that your, the, the, the low self-esteem that you're struggling from is not a product of an event Perhaps you just need to think of yourself in a way that is greater than you are. You just need to see yourself a little bit different. Maybe we, we, you need a revelation of who you are. Maybe the real problem is not the event or what was said, as, as much as that was a problem. But, 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 but maybe the real problem is that you are yet to be introduced to yourself, the real you. You're, you're yet to find out who you are in Christ Jesus. Revelation knowledge is key to so, so much of our lives. Everything we are struggling with right now, have you ever wondered, you, you know, the, the, in the same industry where you are saying, oh, it's really tough, some people are milking the cow. 
Some people are just kind of with trailers, not even like little bottles. They're like, they're like bringing the money home. <laughs> what is the difference? They're all in the same industry, but one has a revelation and the other doesn't. Every problem that we are facing, the situation, whatever, wherever we find ourselves, most of our issues are not to do with the issue in itself, but most of them are to do, I truly believe, with revelation knowledge, our access to knowing what we don't know. Amen? And the will of God is that you have access to revelation knowledge. That self-righteous attitude is a problem of revelation knowledge. Amen? I think that a self-righteous person is a person who has not been in the presence of God recently. That's why you're acting self-righteous, because the moment you step into the presence of God, you will know that you will drop your, your righteous attitude. Amen? But the book of Matthew chapter 16, someone say, I need revelation knowledge. Come and say it again. I need revelation knowledge. Matthew chapter 16, this famous scripture in verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. So you know this scripture, this is the one where Jesus is asking them, who do men say that I am? And, and they all have different ideas of who Jesus is. But then they, they, you know, Peter steps out in boldness and declares, no, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, as in on this rock of revelation knowledge, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Come on, put your hand out like this. Put your hand out. Say, Lord, I receive the keys to the kingdom of heaven. How about every day you wake up, you say, before I step into this work, Lord, I thank you that I have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He says, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth, amen, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. I believe that this season, God is going to restore your boldness. God is going to restore your boldness. Amen. Some of you have stopped binding stuff because you've been binding, and instead of it binding, it's loosing itself, and you're loosing stuff, and the more you loose, it's binding itself. But God is going to restore your boldness and your confidence in the word of God so that you go back to binding because the promise of the scripture is whatsoever you bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Someone say, I bind, I bind. and it is bound in heaven. Oh, there, I don't even believe you. Your, your body doesn't even believe you. Say, I bind, I bind. and it is bound in heaven. I, I lose, I and it is loose in heaven. Because I have the keys to the kingdom. Amen? That's the, G Jesus is speaking here. This is not Peter. This is Jesus' declaration. Notice his position. He's saying that the influence that you will have, Peter, the influence that you will have as the church of Jesus Christ, the influence that we as the church will have in society, the influence that you and I will have in hell to bind and it is bound, the influence that you and I will have because of, you know, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, and powers and spiritual rulers in high places, the influence we will have in hell will be dependent on the revelation that we are operating in. 
The influence that you have, the influence that I have, the influence that we have will be dependent on the revelation we receive from our Father and the boldness that we have to act on it. Because what happened with Peter is something profound. He is in the middle of a conversation, normal daily life, and Jesus asks, who do men say that I am? Every other person says, some, you're Elijah, some, and they're all having these conversations, which are true conversations of things that actually happen. But how many people know none of those revelations are worthy of any time? You didn't get it. Yes, I know some people are saying that Jesus is Elijah. And that is an important conversation to have. But how many people know that conversation is not as important as talking about who Jesus really is? Because the power is not in them saying he's, in, he's Elijah. The power is in you knowing that he is the Messiah. So Peter gets a revelation. And I don't believe that it is just Peter that in that moment, in that conversation, received a revelation from the Father. I do believe that Peter was the only one who registered the revelation and was bold enough to take an, a step in the direction of the revelation he had received. And, and that's what Jesus got excited about. He got excited because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And not only did you get a revelation, you stepped out. You allowed the revelation you have to influence your next move. Do you know what we do at church? We write our revelations down in the book. God speaks to you, and you leave it in the book. But it doesn't influence your Monday. And the power of the revelation is not in getting it. It's in getting it and allowing it. It's a bit like, a bit like that scripture I mentioned earlier. It's, it's a bit like getting the light. The joy is not just getting the light. It is getting the light and putting it on a lampstand where that light is shining in the darkness and now becomes a thing that influences the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you're expecting your week to turn out, the way you're expecting to solve that problem. I wonder what will happen if every single one of us decided I am going to go to work. With a revelation, I, I know that there is a God who helps me. So I'm, I'm not just going to let that be a Sunday thing. I am going to allow this understanding, this revelation that I have that God helps me to now be a, an influence for me on Monday morning. So when I step into my work and, I, and that file lands on my desk or lands in my inbox, I'm not looking at that thing just through my eyes. I'm looking at it through the fact that I have light, a revelation Amen. that God is my helper. I was, I was chatting with my wife the other day, and I, and I can tell you this. And, and I was saying one thing that I fall short of sometimes uh, and is, that, um, is, that, is that when you're walking a journey, um, uh, God helps you. How many people have experienced God helping you? God helps us. Thank you. God helps us. But as we walk, what happens is that as we anticipate the next move, I fall short of often anticipating the next move without God. Let me show you what I mean. Let me show you what I mean. So I've been preaching maybe for how long now? Since 2010. I've been preaching for eight years. Um, amen. Praise God. I've been preaching for eight years. Yeah, hallelujah. 
I was expecting more like, woohoo, it's okay. But anyway, <laughs> I'm joking. I've been preaching for eight years, but do you know, I still have to remind myself. And don't judge me on this, amen. You have your own. I'm just sharing my own with you, so don't, amen. So, so I still have to remind myself not to panic about next week's sermon. Because for every single session that I have ever preached in my life, God has helped me. For every single one, both the preparation and the execution, he has always been present. But what happens sometimes is that, is that can I borrow you my, my, my sweetheart? If, what, let's, let's imagine that this is a weight that, that we carry through life. If you hold, stand over here and hold this iPad. Sorry, my darling. Stand on this side. Stand on this side. Amen. It's not my fault. She looks too beautiful to be sitting down. Amen. Thank you. Gentlemen, take notes, take notes, okay? Take notes, this is how you work it. So look at it. <laughs> so look at it. Imagine, imagine this. You're taking every step. Let's take one step together. This is a weight that you're carrying. This is your business. This is your marriage. This is the call of God on your life. This is, this is, this is the, the promises that God has given you. This is that business that you are building. This is that career. But the good thing about it is that as you have been walking thus far, take a step with me, as you have been walking, God has been your help. He has been the one who has been holding the other side and making sure that he doesn't fall to the ground. Thus far, the Lord has helped you. You are not here by yourself. You are here because there is a God who has promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And he walked with you up until this point. But what we tend to do is when I, I listen, I know this for myself, is when I start to anticipate the next move. I anticipate carrying the thing by myself. And not remembering that God has walked with me. Now the joy is that in God walking with me, his expectation is that I will get a revelation that he is with me. He is my helper. And that revelation is meant to be the reason why if I am thinking about the next move, I'm not thinking about the next move by myself. I'm thinking about the next move because God will walk with me like he has always done. Thank you. The point I'm making is that we get revelations that we hide or we just utilize for the moment and we forget about it. But the power of the revelation is that we, we allow that revelation to influence our next move. We get the revelation that he, he provides. And that's what happened. You know, when he, when he brought you out of that debt, he, 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 he paid your debt because he is Jehovah Jireh. But he gave you a gift. The gift he gave you wasn't the gift of debt cancellation. The gift he gave you was a revelation that I am the God who provides for you. That was the gift. But what we did is we took the debt cancellation, gave a testimony at church, and left the revelation. So what happens is that you're now walking, and the next situation is coming up, and you're panicking. But he gave you a revelation. Someone said, put your hand up. Say after me today. I have the keys of the kingdom. Amen. You have the keys of the kingdom. He, his will is that he will lead you every step of the way. But his revelation knowledge. What, what are you doing with the revelation that he is your helper? What are you doing with the revelation that he is your healer? What are you doing with the revelation? That, and you have a revelation of, of some sort. 
Look at the book of Proverbs chapter 20. Is this helping somebody this morning? Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. We looked at this last week or the week before. It says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the inner depths of his heart. God builds man with the ability to receive revelation, to receive with a lamp on the inside of us. You are equipped to receive light from God because God put a lamp on the inside of you. Particularly if you are born again, you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. you there is a lamp on the inside of you. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, the entrance of your word gives light. It gives light inside you and it gives understanding to the simple. When revelation comes, understanding follows. When revelation comes in the areas where you were simple, understanding will come. So if there is an area in your life where you don't know much about how this is going to turn out, what you need is a revelation. And you, you should know that, that I don't have a problem. The problem is not the problem. The problem is me hearing from God. Did you hear that? So, so, so look at this. The problem is not the redundancy. The problem, you know, yes, it, it is on one level. But on the level that you are as a king, the problem is not really the redundancy. The problem is, is what do I need to hear from God? Because God has already anticipated this redundancy and has already provided a door, a door of escape. But until we begin to value revelation knowledge, we will start to place more premium on events than we do on revelation. God never lived, never designed, designed for us, for us to, be, to live our lives subject to events in life. He wanted us to live our lives subject to revelation. Because regardless of the events that you face, there is a door of escape. Amen? And that light that you need, it comes through your spirit. When the word enters, when you hang around the word, it will come, it will light up your heart. The will of God is not so much that you carry the word on the, uh, on the external. You know, you have your big Bible or we, or we post scriptures on social media, you know, no, the, the, thank God for all of those things. They have their place. It's important. But more important than that, the will of God is that your lamp is always lit. The will of God is at any point in time, there ought to be a word that you are thinking on. What are you thinking on today at any point in time? What word is, 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 is you know, how is your candle? Amen. I talked about this the other, the other week, how in the, in the inner sanctuary, you, you had the outer court, you had the, 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 the what's the middle one? I forgot. Inner court. Outer court, inner court. And then you had the Holy of Holies. In the inner court, they had candles. The outer court was lit up by the sunlight. In the, the inner court was lit up, by, lit up by candles. And the Holy of Holies was lit up by the presence of God. So, so your, your soul is, your, your body is the outer court. Your soul is the inner court. Your, your spirit is the, the, the holy of holies. And in the inner court, which is your soul, the, 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 the high priest, which is you, had the responsibility that, that one of the jobs of the high priest was to always go into the inner court to see how the light is doing. 
if the light is burning down, if the candles are burning down and the candles are burning out, the job of the priest was to ensure that the light on the candles never burned out. That every time it's low, that they will get a new candle, light a new lamp, and set it on the lampstand. Because the will of God is that every time that you are walking through life, you will never, you should never be low on the word. You should never be low on the word. There ought to be a word that is burning. I'm not just talking memorizing a scripture. I'm talking about something that you are meditating, a light that you are thinking about in your circumstances. Don't approach your circumstances without a word because that word is the light on the inside of you. Amen? I'm trying to say it's time to get back to the word. It's time to go back to the word. Go back to doing your devotional. Go, go back to, because it's killing you for not doing it. You're going to heaven. We know you're going to heaven. If you, whether you read your Bible or not, you're going to heaven. You're not going to hell. But you know what? You're, dying. you're going quicker. Because of all the, all the heart, all the kind of tension, you haven't slept for three days trying to solve a problem that God has already given you his word that you are not to worry about because he will be with you. Go back to the word. Go back to the word. Go back and, and look at that scripture again. Find a, if you don't know what to do, just open. You, you version has a scripture a day. Just open something. Put something in. But what we're going to do is keep the light burning. It is, it is a tragedy to have believers who have lamps on the inside, access to light, but no light in their soul. It ought to be the case that any, at any point in time, you poke, the devil poke you, there got to be a scripture coming out. There has to be. Let me tell you, do you know the enemy, the Bible talks about the, the, the accuser of the brethren, that he is at work day and night. This dude does not go on holiday. He does not stop disturbing you. He does not stop trying to steal your joy. He does not stop trying to extinguish your lamp. He does not stop trying to stop you from what God has called you to do. He never quits. He never relents. It is therefore your responsibility, my responsibility as priests of God to stay with the word of God, to understand that we have an enemy who is looking to devour all those who don't know who they are. We are people who have the word of God. We have the keys of the kingdom. Go back into the word. Amen? Light your lamp. Light your lamp. Some of you will smile again when you allow the word of God to light your lamp. Hallelujah, that hypertension will begin to dissipate because the word of God, the word of God is medicine. The word of God is medicine to your bones. Even when you don't know what to do, put his word in your mouth. Say, I don't know more, but I know that God so loved the word that he gave his son for me. Put his word in your mouth. If you don't know what to do, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in parts of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness, mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know what happened now? Do you know what happened now? You are, you are mildly more in faith, amen? You are more in faith now at the end on this side than you were when I started that scripture. Why is that? Because I lit your lamp. Because your heart was open and you, your, your, you were receiving. For those who were receiving, that's why you lifted your hands. You lifted, it's not church stuff, it is because something happens. You lifted your hands, something happened on the inside of you when that word was going on, light came, and suddenly you started to see that in the dark times, God will be with you. Whether you walk through the valley or you walk through, in the past you were worried. Before I started, you were slightly worried. But when the word came in, your light, your lamp was lit. Put the word in your mouth. This is not religion, this is life. Put the word in your mouth. Go back to the word. Keep your, take your eyes away from every circumstance that you've been putting. You've been putting your gaze upon. Take your eyes away from your bank account. It's not helping you right now. Look in the word. Look in the word. What did he say about your future? Who do you say that he is? Amen? Who do you say that he is? Look at John chapter 1. Are you with me this morning? John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. The thing that you were believing God for, it was made through him. Without him, the thing that you are hoping to get and trying to get a hold of Without factoring him in, it wouldn't have been without him. Does that make sense? Everything you are reaching for, everything you are believing for, is only possible because of him. So thinking about getting those things without factoring him in is a huge problem. He says there was nothing, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Now check out verse 4 is where I'm going. He says, in him. Him who? Jesus. Jesus who? The word. In him was life. In him was life. In the word was life. In the word was your life. And the life was a light. In him. <laughs> Glory be to God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life. You thought the app you have on your phone was just a cute app, but what you didn't know was that God anointed a person, gave them wisdom, gave them wisdom to create an app, that meant that you didn't have to carry your big old amplified with you everywhere you go. But now you have access to it on the train. You have access to it at work. You have access to it, you know, in, in, in any way you have. And, and he says, look at what he has done. He put life 
in the word. I'm, I'm just telling you from God's perspective. God has placed your life, he says, he says in verse 4, in him, in the word, was life. And this life was the light of men. This life was the life of men. That word life is the word zoe. Is the God kind of life. So look what God did when God created you and he created me. He took our lives, our Zoe lives, and he put it in the word. He put his word, he put your life in his word. And now he's expecting that you will get a hold of a revelation. Because that life is supposed to be the light of your life. I don't know, what, I don't know if you got what I mean. Are you with me so far? The life of God, the Zoe life, was the light of men. Or we can say, revelation, revelation knowledge is the light of men. And the light of men is the life of men. The revelation you are operating in will determine the quality of life that you are living. Amen? Amen? Everything, according, as long as you are believing God for something that he has promised, it's in his word. He's, he, in him was life, and the life, the life was the light of men. I'm trying to tell you this, that your life, your, the, your revelation is your life. Say it again. Your revelation, Zoe life, that God has said, you know, John 10, 10, that we all like to quote. Um, uh, 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 my mind has gone blank. John 10, 10, <laughs> for he has come so that we can have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Life he's talking about there is again Zoe life, the God kind of life, that kind of full life. He's referring to the kind of life that Adam had before the fall, that glory life, the, the life that God designed for you, the God kind of life. And that life is in the revelation. I wonder if you got that. That life is in the revelation. Please don't think like normal people, okay? Uh, you are extraordinary people. In the kingdom of God, life is in the seeds. In the world, life is in the events, is in what happens next, is in what happens, how 20, 2019 goes. It is, life is in whether they say yes or no. That's how it happens in the world. But in God, life is in the seed. Life is in the revelation. We, you are not a slave to the events. You are subject to the word. Life in, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Amen? The life was the light of... What does verse 5 say? He says, and the light shines in the darkness, uh, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In other words... There are some things that you and I will go through that the light from your education will not solve this one. The light from your experience <clears throat> cannot do anything about this darkness. But there is a light that comes from the word of God that darkness cannot comprehend. That darkness cannot comprehend. If you are facing something dark, stop trying to explain everything. Just get in the word. Just, just get in the word. Say, neighbor, neighbor, get in the word. When you get into the word, you will find the light 
that you are really looking for. And darkness cannot comprehend your light. Say, neighbor, neighbor. I have the kind of light that darkness cannot comprehend. Look at Matthew 13. Is this helping somebody today? A couple more scriptures and then we're done. Matthew 13. Hallelujah. Hmm. It says, for the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Someone say, that's not me. And their eyes have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Do we have the message translation? Sorry, verse 15. Did I not say the verse? Are you sure? You need light. <laughs> what you needed was revelation. Amen. <laughs> Give me Matthew 13, verse 13 in, in the message. It's, uh, if you go back, <laughs> dear God, go back to, <laughs> go back to verse 13. So, so they were asking Jesus, uh, uh, this is a, a brilliant story to hear, uh, to, 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 to listen to, but I want you to just follow the thread here. They're asking Jesus, Jesus, why do you always speak in parables? This is one of the times he responded. He says, that's why I tell, I tell stories to create readiness, to nudge the people towards a receptive insight in their present state. Um, they can stare till doomsday and not see. They can listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. Notice it is possible to be around the word and still not be get. You can, you can be here, but be thinking about your chicken. You know it's true. You're thinking about what you're going to get out of the 10 buckets, the ch 10 chicken buckets, or maybe you want to up it to 20. It's a huge debate. Should I get a Zinger burger or should I get a Big Mac? It can occupy your mind while the word is going on. And it says that they can be there and, and until I bring my wife up and we start carrying an iPad, you, you're not here. You're, you're just, just kind of not present. And it says, that's why I do it. Next verse, verse 14. It says, I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. Your ears are open, but yet you do not hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you do not see a thing. Someone say after me, my ears, ears. hear. And my eyes see. Verse 15 says, the, the people are blockheads. Someone say, that's not me. It says, the people are blockheads. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look. So they, so they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. I, I don't want to go into all of this, but he's talking about the, these Pharisees who knew the word and they were comfortable with what they knew. And they wouldn't consider looking Jesus and paying attention to the word. And he's saying, I have to use these stories to get to them. Because if I didn't use these stories to get to them, they would, they would be continually hearing, but not receiving. But then he says in verse, verse, it says in verse 16, it says, but blessed are your eyes. Blessed are my eyes. He's talking to the people that he's with. He says, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear 
and they did not hear it. He makes a contrast between these two people. The two people who are, two people are in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of the word. One of them is sticking to what they know and not really opening their heart to hear. Those are the ones he calls blockheads. And that's not you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And then there are the other people who he calls blessed. Says these people are blessed. These people are blessed because they see, they, they have eyes that see and ears that hear. He, 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 he makes a contrast. He says that the disciples are blessed because they open their hearts to the words that he is speaking. And it is going into their hearts and he is making a difference. The blessed life, the empowered life, the life that God has pre-planned for you will manifest only when we approach our lives in view of the revelation we have from Jesus Christ. The life that we have, the blessing that he's referring to is reserved for those who will not be like the first bunch of people. He said it again. He says, talk, talking about the house that is built on sand and the house that is built on a rock. He talks about it. He says, those who hear my words, who really hear my words, they are like those who build their house on a rock. Amen? It makes the difference how you act, what you do with what you're hearing now. It makes a difference the way you interact with what you're hearing now. It will be the difference between hearing and not receiving and not really hearing or, or seeing but not really seeing and being blessed. The blessing is in our interaction, our receptiveness and our willingness to act on the word that we hear. I'm trying to tell you that regardless of the circumstance that you find yourself in, find Jesus. Find the word of God. Keep your eyes on the word of God. In this dispensation, this is what he was saying. He says, look, people of old, they, were, they, they did not have access. They did not have the revelation that you have now. Amen? They, they longed for the revelation. They longed to see Jesus like we see Jesus. And he says, those people, they didn't have what you have now. But you are blessed. Because you are blessed because you have Jesus on this dispensation. I was thinking about this. Elijah didn't have the revelation you have now. Moses did not have the revelation that we have now. Moses was a lesser prophet than you are. I'll say it again. <laughs> Elijah was a lesser prophet than you are. Now, the, the, the least of them... Amen. The least of them is greater than the oldest, the, the, the strongest in the old covenant. Because the least of you, the moment we are born again, we are already like Jesus. I don't know if you got it. So, so Elisha is no patch on Jesus. That's why the least of you, and these guys did not have the revelation. They did not have the full counsel of the word that we have. And they parted Red Seas. They shut the mouth of lions. They beat down armies. They pulled down walls. They parted river Jordans. They called fire down from heaven. Based on the little revelation they have. I am calling us. I'm charging us. I was challenged by this. And I'm challenging us. to What, what if we spend our life discovering what we can do if we acted on the revelation that we have? What if we actually behave like people who are the head and not the tail? What if we actually think or thought like people who are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? What if we actually acted like people who are able to love anybody knowing that our Father loves us more? What if 
We worked, we used the revelation we have, and we live to the full. What if this week, every time you catch yourself, thinking that you are less than, thinking like it, that it's going to fall apart. Every time you catch yourself thinking that nobody cares about what you are going through, you remember that you are the apple of God's eyes. And you begin to tell yourself, I am the apple of God's eyes. He is dancing over me. He is singing over me. What if we start to act with the revelation that we have? I wonder what mountains will move. I wonder what darkness will dissipate. I wonder what, 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 um, what, what will happen if we actually believe that I have a hope that goes beyond the veil. I have a hope. I have a, I have a hope that will not break down on, on the weight that I put on it. What if we started to dream like we have a God who can help you? What if you started to dream like you are not by yourself, that you have a God who will never leave you, who will never forsake you, a God who will not, the Amplified says in Hebrews 13, a God who will not even relax his grip on you. What if you actually started to believe that there is a hedge of protection around you and around everything that you owe? What if we started to believe that he will give us insight? He will give us witty inventions. He will tell us how to handle situations. What if we start to believe like Joseph that we can step into the prime minister's office, into the king's office, and give him wisdom that will save a whole generation to come? What if we began to be people who are living in anticipation that today my God will do something with me that is bigger than I have planned for in my diary? What if we start to believe that today I can be like Philip, that today I can meet a rich eunuch who doesn't know what they're doing and God will use me to expose him to the gospel and through his exposure to the gospel, a whole region, a whole nation begins to hear that there is Jesus who is Lord. What if you believe that you are not ordinary? What if we as a church really do believe that God has called us for such a time as this? What if we actually believe that if two or three shall agree concerning anything, it is established? What if you, have, you really believe that he has called you to lay hands on the sick? What will your attitude be if you believe that if I lay hands on the sick, I will see the sick recover? What if you actually believe that, 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 that money is not a problem for you? What if you actually believe that you can start that social enterprise? What if you actually believe that, 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 that you can buy that house? What if, you, what if you actually believe that you can buy without money? That God can give you favor. That he, what if we lived our lives based on this revelation of Jesus? I, I'm challenging us not to, not, don't keep your notes for Sunday. I, I wonder if there's anybody who's bold enough to say, you know what? I'm going to live on the revelation that I have. Can I tell you the truth? Nothing else is worth it, to be honest. Anybody know that? We don't have anything better. If you have something better, come and say, but nothing is working. You and I know. Can I say something cheeky? That's why you're here. <laughs> Amen. That's why you're here. And those who are not here because they think something else is working, give them time. They will come. <laughs> 
<laughs> that time. Do you know why we come to Jesus? Nicodemus, he came to Jesus at night. Because he knew it wasn't working. What they were saying wasn't working. What he was saying, though, was making sense. So he came to the word. You are, you are wise because you didn't, you didn't wait till night time. You came in the day. Are you with me so far? This world, there is no answer anywhere else. There is no answer anywhere else. There is no way. I'm not, I'm, I'm, this is the realest I am being right now. If, so, if you are believing God in the word and someone says, let's be real, tell them, no, 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 that is fake. This is real. Because there is no answer anywhere else. I'm believing God for a bunch of crazy people. I am believing God for a bunch of people who, who, who will put the word of God in their mouth. A bunch of people who will get their fight back because they saw something, a promise in the word. A bunch of people who are bold enough to say, I have searched everywhere else and I don't find answers anywhere else. I am seeing a bunch of people that God will use in such a time as this. God will open doors for you. He will part red seas for you. If he can do it for Moses in a time where he had a partial revelation, imagine what God will do if we actually believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and he lives on the inside of us. His spirit is with us and he will go with us wherever we go. It is untelling. So I, I, I'm welcoming you to a season of unparalleled experiences. I'm welcoming you to a season of the supernatural. I am calling you out of your safe place. I am calling you out, of the, out into this risky place where the only thing that we have is the word of God. The only thing that will keep us is the word of God. The only confidence that we have is the word of God. If you are in a safe place, it's time to step out because you are not called to stay in that safe place. It's time to be in a place where the only thing that will keep you going is that God gave his word. How about we explore his word and see God do amazing things in our generation, not through some big shot name, but through your own hands. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that the entrance of your word does bring light and bring life. We are choosing to be those courageous people who are strong and courageous to embrace your word. Say, God, we have made a decision. Come and say after me, Lord Jesus, I have made a decision this morning. Nothing else matters. Your word is my life. I understand. That there is no life anywhere else but in your word. I acknowledge that. I admit that. So today, I am embracing your word with fresh eyes. You have put my life in your word. So today, I live by the word. I think through the word. I have the mind of Christ. I walk like Jesus does. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thank you, Lord, for the new experiences that I am walking in in this season. I make a decision. I tie myself to your word. Nothing will change my mind. My mind is made up. I live by the word. I live by faith. I live by faith, not by what I see, or by what I hear. I tie myself with the word. 
I said, I tie myself to the word. I am bound to your word. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord one more hand of praise. 